So my wife was still working uh, with two kids uh, and uh, I made the first move. Hi, welcome to Norwegian Newcomers, the podcast where we hear fragments from the lives of Norway's immigrant population. My name is Vedran Atanovic and in today's episode we'll hear about finding work-life balance. It's very normal to work also during uh, holidays. Most of the bosses work during holidays. The only difference is that they work less. So it's very normal to be at least available during holidays and to do one or two hours. About benefits of living life in open and organized societies. And this was a challenging time. It was uh, also the lockdown, everything was more or less closed. As well as tolerance and respect for your own choices. For me, home is where I feel that the people around me uh, are living the same values. This is Mikhovil's story. Today, my guest is my friend Mikhovil. Mikhovil, hello. Hi, Vedrana. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Can you tell us at the beginning, just introducing yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, basically, I was born in uh, 78, before the cool 80s. I was born and raised in Croatia. Last year, I decided to move from Zagreb to Oslo. And in Croatia, I finished both uh, the high school and the faculty by education. I'm a doctor of medicine. And right after the college, I decided to work in pharmaceutical industry, which was uh, very interesting. And during this time in Croatia, I've got also two beautiful kids. Petter is now starting the first grade in school here in Norway. And Emma is enjoying the kindergarten. And I have my wife, uh, Mariana. So we're both from Croatia and now we're enjoying the life in Norway. Of course, Croatia is part of my identity or my background. But uh, for our listeners, I would like you to tell us a bit more about Croatia and about your hometown, Zagreb, yeah? Well, actually, you know, I moved to Zagreb for my career. My hometown is actually Rijeka. So I was born and raised in Rijeka, which is uh, on the north part of the Adriatic coast. Actually, it was Yugoslavia when I was growing up. So it was a different time, an interesting time, and we were traveling quite a lot. We were close to the Italian border. Back in the days of Yugoslavia, there were quite a few brands that were existing. So we had to go for the jeans in Trieste. <laughs> you remember these times, huh? Yeah, my brother used to play basketball and then they have some tournier, you know, in Trieste, yeah, in Italy. And then uh, the first Mont uh, jacket and the first cowboy boots, he brought me from there, yeah. That was our <laughs> Western gate in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So... Um, I've spent all my time educating myself in Rijeka, so I finished high school and my medical faculty in Rijeka, and then I've started to work. The first job was in the pharmaceutical industry, I still lived in Rijeka. At my second career step, I was already half of the time in Zagreb, half of the time in Rijeka. And then at my second career movement, I had to move to Zagreb. Then eventually I got to know also a bit of uh, Yugoslavia because I had some responsibilities for Serbia, for Montenegro. My bosses were usually in uh, Ljubljana, so I traveled quite a lot to Ljubljana. Then I've discovered during those uh, international meetings that I like very much international surrounding. 
That was probably the beginning where I realized that I would like to explore a bit more, not to stay in one country, although it's a beautiful country. We've got amazing food, amazing wine, beautiful climate, especially on the islands. And I'm also a true believer in having the freedom to decide when it comes to your religious, sexual orientation. And this is also part why I love spending time here in Oslo and in Norway. Yeah, human rights, basically. <laughs> But while you were living in Zagreb, did you have any preferences? Did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I could move there or there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So in my 30s, it became to me quite clear that this is what makes me happy, spending time with people from all different countries. But it took me quite a while to understand what country I want to move. And during my career in Bayer, there were some options to, to move to China, to move to Brazil, to move to Russia. But when it became clear that I'm looking for stuff like work-life balance, organized society, rich country, beautiful nature, then I narrowed the list. And then I was thinking about uh, New Zealand, Canada, Scandinavia as well. Then I spoke to my wife and she said, honey, nobody's going to visit us in New Zealand. So I'm definitely not going to New Zealand. And then we, we decided it's going to be Norway. Two years ago at my last position, there was a reorganization. And they basically sent all of us with some pretty decent package. They sent all of us home, which was an experience. Now it's time for me to move on. So this was in the end of 2019. You know, it works funny in the universe when you decide to do something. Then I got uh, a very good offer for a new company. They offered me a very good position, but the position was based in Zagreb. And I said to recruiters, thank you very much. I'd like to be fair. My dream uh, job is in Norway, in Oslo. If you can move this position to Oslo, uh, I'll be more than happy to take it. But they, of course, said it, uh, thanks for being honest, but no. So I was not working at that time. I was in between two jobs. And then I started learning the Norwegian language. I've made a list of roughly 90 contacts from everybody who could I remember. More or less, nobody had direct contacts with Norway because it's very far away from Croatia. So... The most contacts that I got were through second or third level. So somebody had somebody in Bosnia who was living sometime in Norway, and then the person had somebody. So basically, I had my list, and I've spoke to all of these 90 people, learned Norwegian, and then when we were in the middle of 2020, it was the middle of Corona, and I was applying for jobs. I was trying to get in touch with the recruiters and so on. But when the Norwegian guys saw the number from Croatia, they simply would not pick up the phone. So it was a very strange number for them. And I, I understand it uh, because the same reaction I had when I tried to call from a Norwegian phone, my Croatian friends, nobody would pick up the phone unless I would send them the message first. And then I realized it will be very hard to move to Norway and to get a job unless I travel to Norway. Then in May, I bought a ticket, but then there was Corona, I had to wait. Uh, you remember, uh, we met quite soon when I came to Norway. I came to Norway in August uh, 2020. Yeah. yeah. So my wife was still working uh, with two kids uh, and uh, I made the first move. At that time, I didn't have any big contacts. I didn't have any relatives, no recruiters, no job. 
I came to Oslo and started making friends, started making uh, contacts, both in private and business life. And this was a challenging time. It was uh, also the lockdown, everything was more or less closed, but it was moving on really good. I had like 85 applications for job before I got my job. And during this time, out of 100 of my contacts, friends, relatives, 97 or 98 were thinking I was completely crazy. Because moving away from a very well-paid job and all the logistics and backup I had in Croatia to Norway, where I didn't speak the language, so people did not understand what are the odds, what are the chances for me to get a job in Norway in the pharmaceutical industry if I don't know the language, if I don't know the people. So what I realized that uh, out of these hundred people, it's worth talking about the vision only with guys who have a bigger vision than I have. A couple of people who said, no, no, it's very logical to me what you're doing. I have no doubt that you will make it. So I had a couple of supporters, including uh, my wife, my mother, and two or three maybe friends. The other ones thought I was crazy. The only difference was uh, some of them said it out loud and some of them just did not comment. Just as a digressive, I think the thing that I was thinking about was that your reasons or motivation was just searching for human rights or societies that are more open and everything. Can you tell me a little bit more about that comparing with Croatian society right now? In Croatia, it was a very good life. From a financial point of view, it was top class life. Also, the price of services is much lower in Croatia, so we could afford to have a a cleaning lady, we could afford to have somebody who will massage us once per week uh, and all the other things that go along. Both me and my wife, everybody had their own car. At the same time, the, the challenge in Croatia is uh, the work-life balance. So if you are on a managerial position, that means you work a lot. And by a lot, I mean that it's very normal to work also during uh, holidays to be at least available and to do one or two hours work every day. If you decide not to do that, then when you come back to work, you have like 500 or 1,000 emails. So there's not much work-life balance. That's number one. And then the number two is that it's not an organized society. So here, uh, everywhere in public sector, they simply choose the people who are the most competent. While in Croatia... You cannot get high in public sector unless you're a member of the ruling party. So in Croatia, more or less everybody in public sector is a member of the ruling party. All the directors in the hospitals are members, and a lot of positions is connected to that. So it's a whole different system. And the thing is that that brings to that Norway is extremely good organized. So when it comes to public transport, when it comes to school, when it comes to kindergartens, when it comes to a clean city, uh, they understand the ecology very much. So the air is clean, the nature is beautiful. People uh, go more cycling than they use the car. It's a different world. It's a different world. And 90% of people here tell the truth or 95. So it's a very open, it's a very transparent society. What I've learned about Norwegians, they're not so much uh, liberal when it comes to their own choices, but they are very tolerant and they are very respectful. So if you are liberal, they respect that. 
a lot of them decide to have traditional families, but at the same time, they respect very much if you decide to have a man or a wife or, or nobody or several of them. And as long as you do your job, they're very happy to have you. So we have uh, guys uh, who are living with other guys. So we have guys from LGBT community. We have married guys and they're all working and having fun together. So it's beautiful to see that. And when we were talking about that, that um, how kids are raised in which kind of spirit, that tolerance and respect for the nature, For your kids, you mentioned that you want your kids to be raised in the same spirit with the same values. How that process for them is going on? For them, it's going beautiful. So Petr can already uh, speak very good Norwegian. He has no problems finding friends. And I love it that here they run from one house to another. They hang out uh, without even us parents getting to know each other. He spends a lot of time with kids that are his age. No problem in speaking Norwegian and the schools are beautiful here. So the school has like 10,000 square meters of playgrounds, woods, everything is clean. There are no plastic bags, no cans. Uh, people who walk the dogs, they clean after themselves. So this is a big contrast to Croatia. Or Serbia. Or Serbia, or, or Slovenia. Or, Ex-Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Italy, or France, or yeah, the whole Mediterranean countries. Yeah. Yeah. So here it's very much beautifully organized and everybody is working to make it a clean society, to make it an organized society. So in Zagreb, there's a lot of traffic jams. Here it's more about using the bicycle, walking, uh, using public transport. And here they simply choose the best person for the job, more or less. Uh, in Croatia, it's very much connected to being in the party with good uh, connections. And then it creates a whole different system. Yeah. De definitely. And uh, I don't know if you had that experience, but with Norwegians my age or older, they are all remembering Yugoslavia. They're saying just, we just did what Yugoslavia was. Yugoslavia was our role model for our society in that time when it comes to education, free education, medical help. Yeah, I, I believe it's, uh, I feel it, it's like this. So you have an idea and you have the vision and then you make it a reality. So the whole idea and the vision of Yugoslavia was beautiful. But then when it came translation from the idea to reality, yeah. there we got a bit lost. So the idea that everybody's equal, uh, that everybody has the right to education, uh, that we live in one big union, that was beautiful. And everybody had a job in Yugoslavia, which was also great. When it comes to comparing these guys, so they really believe in education. So in Norway, there's like 45% of highly educated people, while at the same time in Croatia, it's 27. Uh, so it's almost double. So let's face it here, people are, are more educated. And when it comes to tolerance, you can see tolerance uh, living really in Norway. And uh, in, in our... In our region, it's more about the idea. When you translate it into, into reality, then you can see that we are probably not the most tolerant uh, nations. I agree totally. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, uh, whenever there's a, a chance to get angry, we, we use it. So either we use it if somebody is gay 
or we use it if uh, in Croatia somebody is a Serbian or in Serbia if somebody is a Croat or we use it uh, if somebody has different ideas. So here they are, they are really open to new ideas, to new concepts. Even if they won't take it and act upon it, they let you live your life however you want to do that, as long as it doesn't affect the society negatively, yeah. But Michovil, did you manage to gain uh, Norwegian friends? Yes, however, it was a process. One of the key things is, from my perspective, A, to learn the Norwegian language, even though everybody speaks English, but the way to the Norwegian heart is speaking the Norwegian language. And a couple of recruiters were kind enough to say to me, Norwegian language matters, and nine out of 10 key people are Norwegians when it comes to managerial positions, when it comes to uh, top positions in the company. And if you want to progress, you have to learn Norwegian. And it also, for having friends, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. So I started learning Norwegian and with Norwegians, I speak Norwegian, no matter that the quality is definitely much lower than English. And the second thing that helped me a lot is uh, having children. So the second way I found that uh, the way to Norwegians' hearts uh, is through their children. All the parents are connected into different Facebook groups. We have the friends group, the group that is following the children to school every day. Then we have parties for kids and then also the, the parents come. So A, by knowing Norwegian and B, by having kids, which is obviously limiting to a degree for some people who don't have kids. Yeah, uh, this helped me to, to find Norwegian friends. And the third thing is the time. So if you want to have quality people in Norway, you've got to set aside one year to three years, let's say, to find them. Because usually the people, there are very few Norwegians who are ready to make friends within a week. Yeah. Why you think is that? I think it's a cultural thing. First, they are uh, to some extent on the outside, they're a bit colder. On the inside, they are very warm. And when they accept you, I feel it, it's for life. But it takes time that they accept you. The good stuff is they do not want to stick their noses into private things of another people. It's about time. It's about language. And then I believe making friends, uh, you can do it all over the world. Also in Norway. Uh, how many, uh, 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 what was the time that you were waiting uh, that it was possible to your family to join you? Because I know it's the process It was wintertime uh, 2020. I started building some momentum with the recruiters, with the applications. However, I didn't have a single interview and Norway was beginning to close down. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Norwegian Newcomers and remind you that if you want to further support our podcast, we have a Patreon. There you will get every episode one week before everyone else. And we will be able to continue with this project that we really love. You can find us at patreon.com slash Norwegian newcomers, or you can press the link in the episode description. Thank you very much. It really would mean a lot. I realized that Norway is going to completely uh, lock down. 
I called my wife and said, uh, honey, this is the time we've got to go all in. Nova's going to close, so you guys should come, uh, because I believe being together is much more important than chasing the career, and the job will come. So actually what she did, she resigned without me having uh, even the first interview agreed. They arrived uh, during February this year. A couple of hours later, Norway was completely locked. And if they did not come, they would not have be able to come before uh, July or August. In the matter of next few weeks, I got the job and things fell into place. And now my wife also got the job, so she's beginning to work in November as well. So now things really uh, fell into place. Now we're again normal also to the 97 people who were thinking that we were crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 back to the normality. Yeah. You're normal, you're normal. <laughs> of course, we need to say that to do the thing that you did, you need to have some financial backup. I'm hearing a lot of opinion that people just think, oh, you just need to go there and everything is on the corner waiting for you. Then it's not like that. My experience was I had six months uh, living with my friends who make me feel secure in those six months that I needed to start to be independent. And also you started learning language in Croatia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was learning language every day, literally. Yeah. And I found uh, two teachers with whom I was working. Uh, I had classes every day. Uh, one of them was in Spain. The other one was uh, in Croatia. Both of them uh, were living in Norway for most of time of their life. And then in addition to that, I've used the online platforms. I was reading news. I was listening to the TV. I was doing all kinds of... You were uh, bombing yourself with Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing for me was to to have a dream and to build a, a big goal. And then after that, it's definitely building a plan that can support uh, to translate it and to materialize it into reality. However, also uh, to get back to doctors, for example, uh, even though they need a lot of doctors, they are still not taking the doctors without uh, having doctors speak uh, language on a B2 level and without making sure that the doctor is a good team player. So usually uh, the time necessary for a doctor to come to Norway is actually very close to three years. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. So the whole process takes usually three years from all the recruiters, agencies, learning the language, uh, going through interviews and everything. So the most important thing is to have like really a lot of energy because when you're moving to a foreign country, you need really extra energy. All the things you had organized and settled in your own country when it comes to uh, all kinds of insurances, uh, identifications, documents, and everything that you are not thinking about even, you have to build it from scratch. And in addition to that, you have to meet new people, you have to find yourself some friends. So when you learn the language, when you reach the contacts, and if in addition to that, you have some kind of an education, I believe you can have terrific career here in Norway. You just got to be prepared to do extra work and then it pays off exponentially. So the payoff is amazing, but you've got to be able to invest one, two, three years. And then the payoff is next 30 to 50 years. And for the newcomers, it's also good uh, if you can plan ahead 
I had to wait to get an appointment to police six months. And for those six months, I couldn't have the documents. And with not having the documents, I couldn't normally rent an apartment because I didn't have the D number. So which is the basic uh, identification uh, that I can make any contract. I couldn't have bank account, couldn't use the, can do anything in Norway. So if I knew this, I could easily apply for having the time or having the scheduled time in police while I was in Croatia. And then you can easily move the meeting to a date in the future. The only problem is by not having a scheduled date, you have to wait for six months. So uh, an advice for the newcomers is have it scheduled and then you can easily move it to the future if you decide to come a bit later. And uh, so I believe it's it's also very important to to speak with the people who have a higher vision than you, to hang around with positive people, especially when it's such a vulnerable part of life. Don't hang around with somebody who doesn't believe in you, uh, even though it might be a great friend. Yeah, leave him for later. I'm noticing that younger generation are quite uh, more thinking on that uh, self-oriented <laughs> way. And it's quite different. I'm wondering this society, you know, in which in which direction they are going. What, what do you think? It's a bit kind of general, general and it's another question. It's more that I'm interested in your feeling. Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the young guys are definitely the evolution. And I would say they are uh, more advanced than I am uh, or than we are, the way I see it. Although it's a bit hard to accept for me many times, uh, but their way of thinking is, I think, much more sustainable. So they are thinking first about uh, them being happy. They are looking more to be happy and healthy than just pursuing some short-term business or life goals. If it doesn't fall into happy, healthy, relaxed triangle, they simply will leave it out. And what's also important, they come from a rich society. So they were born and raised uh, in a country where they didn't miss anything. So from from that point of view, they are also a little bit more relaxed. Sometimes I don't know if I should call that more relaxed. Sometimes I'm thinking it's lacking a bit of uh, responsibility or solidarity, how to say. I know it's not personal, it's not, but I don't know, sometimes I'm I'm just... I'm still surprising. <laughs> you know, the way I see it, it's a different culture, different society. So here is everything is well organized and therefore they don't need to help each other that much. Because in our countries, if you don't have somebody who, who can help you, you have a serious problem. You cannot do a single thing in the public institutions unless you have contacts. Uh, then you need some friends uh, because it's from an economical point of view, you can also you cannot do things without friends. And back in the days, you couldn't build a house without friends and so on. Here, the system is so good and so strong that you can basically do a lot of things on your own. And I believe this is where they come from. So they're expected to do things on their own. So when we help them, they say, okay, but they don't feel a need to help us. Did you have any feeling, because I'm, I will be honest, I'm having now the previous years, every time when I'm home, I'm enjoying, you know, I'm recharging in a way, but I'm also feeling happy 
that I'm leaving for my other place to live home, however we called. Did you have that feeling anytime? I believe uh, my home is with my family and uh, inside the universe. So it's really, for me, home is where I feel that the people around me uh, are living the same values and that can be anywhere from Norway to Australia or Canada. So uh, definitely don't have a problem uh, with missing home. Having said that, we're still going home because uh, I believe it's, in, for me, it's important to have uh, a good relationship with my family. So I'm thinking of maybe two times a year going to Croatia. We're going now for Christmas, hopefully. And once again, I'm hoping that they will visit us. I, I already have that feeling from here when I read the news, uh, the stuff that's happening. And uh, when I see the situation with COVID, for example, in Croatia, uh, compared to Norway, and we have more or less, uh, so there's 30% more population in Norway than Croatia. At the same time, in Croatia, we have 3,500 cases now daily with 25 deaths and it's building up. Yeah. And at the same time in Norway, there are 350 cases and one death uh, on a daily basis. So, and the vaccination rate in uh, Norway is 91% and in Croatia, it's 50%. So uh, I already feel that uh, I'm closer to Norway and uh, the values uh, in Norway are closer to, to my own values. And this does not have anything to do with having still beautiful and amazing people and amazing country in Croatia. It's just uh, the majority of people and uh, how the whole society is organized is better for me here in Norway. Still, at the same time, there are beautiful people with whom I have uh, great relationships uh, in Croatia. And the, the food is great in Croatia. It's a great country. Yeah. It only matters to take a look deep inside your heart, deep inside your soul, uh, if you can say so, and see what makes you happy. Then. Uh, to be able to, to follow that dream and to be aware that on the journey there will be a lot of obstacles, but in the end uh, I am much happier person when I follow my dream, regardless of uh, the fact that I have much more obstacles following my dream in the beginning than at staying at the comfort of uh, my home. So thank you for, for uh, being honest and to share the story with us. Thank you, and uh, looking forward to hearing more stories from the newcomers from all over the world who share their experience. I think it's a great thing you're doing. Thanks. Enjoy. Take care and uh, uh, spend the, the rest of the day on the best possible way. Thank you. This episode was made possible with support from Berges and Steve Telsen, Egbos Legat, and our members on Patreon. If you would like to support our podcast, search for Norwegian Newcomers on Patreon, Facebook or Instagram. We are back next Tuesday. Thank you for listening and take care.